Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. And welcome back. Today we have a social innovator who's the president and CEO of the United Way of Greater Toronto. So welcome, Daniele. So good to be here, Peter. Good to see you and hear you, my friend. Okay, so let's start with your academic experience. After high school, where did you go to school? Uh, Well, thank you for that. It feels like so long ago. Uh, (laughs) And it is, friend, it is. So after high school, I went to York University for my undergrad. And uh, throughout my undergrad was working at uh, Progress Place uh, Clubhouse, a quite innovative uh, model around mental health for um, in Toronto and was working there part-time and fell in love with the innovation, fell in love with the uh, peer-to-peer model and decided I would pursue a master's in social work. And so I did that at the University of Toronto. Fast forward uh, to today, where that spirit of social innovation, entrepreneurship, and looking at problems and solutions differently is at the very core of what I do every day uh, in this current role. So what were your degrees in? What, uh, what was the major? An undergrad at uh, York University uh, in the arts, a Bachelor of Arts, and then a Master of Social Work focused on community development at U of T. Okay. So let's get into your career after university. Start from the beginning uh, right up to the present. Such a journey. I mean, the first interview I went to uh, while I was still in the final months of my my master's in social work was at the Rexdale Community Health Center. Um, These community health centers, quite new at the time in the province of Ontario, uh, this hybrid model of uh, physicians, nurse practitioners, uh, health promoters, and community developers all working collaboratively. And they were starting a community health center in Rexdale looking for a community development worker. So off I went to the second floor of the Rexdale Plaza because they hadn't found a space yet. And I was the second staff hired at the Rexdale Community Health Center. Um, And my early days of work were in Jamestown, working with residents in uh, in Dixon, working with the Somali community, and trying to bring things like dental care to the community health center, which we did after the successful mobilizing of a group of residents. Uh, From there, I went to the region of York in a policy role because I realized it would be important for me to be able to move from community and then understand how does policy get shaped? How does government, especially at a regional level, influence social infrastructure and change? And so I was 
able to work at the region of York, an unbelievable experience and purview of how policy does work with community up and down with government, the province and the feds as well. From the region of York, I went to United Way York Region as their director of allocation, so giving the money out. And what an opportunity to see the grassroots innovation that was happening right across this sprawling suburban, urban, and rural York region. And then I decided I needed to lead. And so I went to family daycare services as their CEO. I moved over to Villa Charities to be the CEO of their fundraising, their foundation, and helped build the Villa uh, Colombo Vaughan, which is a nursing home for seniors. And then I got pulled back in to United Way as the CEO of York Region until we merged with United Way Toronto and then eventually Peel. And I'm now so privileged, uh, so really privileged to act as the CEO for the United Way Greater Toronto, which includes Peel, York Region, and Toronto, and happens to be, thanks to the generosity of donors and our partners, the largest United Way in the world. Wow. Yeah, my, uh, my cousin was president of the United Way Toronto back in the day, Gord Cressy. Oh, wonderful leader. I did not know that, Peter. I've known you for decades, and I did not know that. Well, that's a good little. And, and also such an interesting that you bring him up, a community developer, uh, background in social work, an innovator who was thinking about diversity and inclusion with the United Way decades ago uh, in a deeper way, uh, and included the Chinese community uh, inroads with the black community at the time and the indigenous community as well. What a leader. Uh, and I could tell how the two of you, now that I think about it, your social innovation. And what's interesting is his son is now the uh, head of the Department of Health in the city. Absolutely. Of Toronto, Absolutely. Joe Cressy, chair of the Board of Health. Wonderful leader. So... Okay, so United Wealth, in a very short version, what's the mission or purpose of United Way? Look, at the core, we uh, mobilize the assets of the community to solve local issues. Uh, we bring dollars, partners, big brains, and in-kind resources together to solve our deepest social issues. And we do that most visibly through a network of 280 agencies that we fund right across the GTA. These invisible agencies in your neighborhood, whether it's a seniors program or a homeless program or a social enterprise. And all of them are partnering with us because we believe and we have for We've been doing this for 65 years now in Toronto. The research suggests that networks of agencies that include residents, corporations, individuals, faith, networks are 
better equipped to respond to crisis, recover from crisis, and rebuild after a crisis. And we're seeing that live. This network of agencies that we fund has, in fact, been the invisible social connective tissue that's helped us respond across the GTA. So tell me about the importance of partnerships. Oh, I, I, I can't, I can't even, I don't know where to begin. I mean, it, 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 we, we often joke about the term doing things in a lowercase united way. And we're seeing it in the pandemic in ways that we never would have imagined. Uh, you know, within a few hours of the pandemic being declared in the GTA, we provided all of our agencies with flexible funding so that they could invest in wherever they believed the priority was greatest. So, for example, our seniors programs could no longer run congregate dining, and so they had to pivot overnight to planning, preparing, and delivering thousands of meals for isolated seniors. But we also, within days of the pandemic being declared, partnered officially with the City of Toronto, the Region of York, and the Region of Peel. And we stuck ourselves, Peter, in the middle of their emergency response, medical officer of health, and the community. And every day, we virtually convened hundreds of agencies by neighborhood. So imagine a place-based model where we brought together hundreds of partners, some United Way agencies, some not United Way agencies, and helped them lift from the program they were delivering or the people they were serving to look at bigger system issues. So for example, all of our food banks were running out of socially safe distancing space to store food and provide food in a safe way. And so this came to the cluster table and a couple of agencies put up their hand and said, we've got extra space. The table that we co-chair with the city of Toronto then started to look at factories that had been shut down, libraries, that were closed at the time that could be turned into makeshift food distribution centers or community centers that could be opened up. And so had it not been for this depth and breadth of partners, we would have been stuck in, we don't have space. But the partnership allowed us to reach out to the city, to, fact, to businesses and open factories and all of a sudden have the space required. Or another important York region success story, at one of our cluster tables in York region, again with hundreds of agencies, they started to identify that when women and kids actually fled domestic abuse, and this is key, actually fled, because so many were stuck in lockdown with the very perpetrator that was abusing them. But when they finally were able to flee, they needed 10 to 14 days to quarantine, but there was no space. And so 
one of the local developers said, well, I've got a couple of buildings that we could transition into isolation centers. The region of York said, we could provide some funding. Two of our agencies, Sandgate and Yellowbrick said, we'll provide the staffing. Donors said, we'll provide funding, in-kind support. And within days, this partnership mobilized an answer. It's the only way, my friend. It's the only way to solve the deep issues because you're not going to do it one agency or program at a time. One of of our uh, programs, excuse me, is the homeless entrepreneur teaching homeless people how to start a business. And many of these folks uh, have skills. They have knowledge. Something happened in their life, and we run a program to show them how they can start a business. So we identified 200 businesses that could be started for under $50. Brilliant. So (laughs) there are a lot of creative people there that are doing things during the pandemic. It's also, Peter, a testament to your view of the world, which is let us begin with people as assets. Let us focus on their capacity versus people or neighborhoods as deficit-based. And when we look at the range of people who have been made homeless as a result of the pandemic, uh, those communities disproportionately impacted, when we focus on their skills and their capacity, uh, it's limitless. Now, of course, of course, let's not be naive to assume we've got to meet their basic needs, food, housing, uh, emotional support, finances, of course. And we've got a long way to go on some of that. But I think we also have to think through where is their resilience and their capacity as well. So United Way has to raise money to support all of these activities. With the pandemic, how did you have to pivot to make a difference? Oh, I, I, we joke about this being an overnight success that has taken 65 years to build. So here's the United Way that your uh, audience will, will likely quickly jump to the September to December workplace campaign. It's the thermometer that goes up every year. It's what I I give at the office. Um, And yet, for many, many years, we have been innovating behind the scenes as a fundraiser. Um, And we've shifted from being a center of excellence in workplace philanthropy to a center of excellence in philanthropy, period, year-round, offering people digital opportunities to give, working with companies on multi-year gifts that are focused on a specific area of interest and working with donors, whether they're giving us $5 for impact or $5,000. But what's happened, of course, is we have over 800 corporate, community, labor, government partners who run workplace giving. We have 
over 150,000 donors. And just like the rest of the world, overnight, we all went digital. And so we needed to augment how we communicated to people digitally, online, through LinkedIn. Uh, we needed to provide virtual engagement opportunities. So before, if we took our donors to an agency or we took them to a neighborhood, now we were recreating those experiences virtually. And we wanted to give people ways to engage. So we had virtual pen pals who met with a senior, either reached out to them by Zoom or wrote them a good old-fashioned letter weekly to touch base with them. We had a group of employees who, in different companies who adopted newcomers for help with resume writing or who adopted an agency uh, or a group of agencies and wanted to work with them on food security and how to get culturally appropriate food out to specific communities. So we not only had to change how we fundraise, the channels we use, but we also had to change how we engage people to feel like they're making a difference beyond the dollar they're giving. And we all had to do it, like each and every one of us overnight. Only on the depth of those relationships, and it goes back to your word, partnership. Success is always the result of years and years of social capital and trust that you put back into the community. So, Danielle, in my experience with a number of these charities and nonprofits and social enterprises is they don't have the skills or the knowledge to grow their organization. They don't know how to do marketing. They don't know how to do finance. Does United Way play a role in helping those organizations? We absolutely do, but I will confess not to the level we need to. Our entire sector, the entire charitable sector, um, look, it begins with the term, and there's been much debate about this, but it begins with the term not profit. So it already begins with a negative. Um, and anybody who works in or has experience of the sector knows we are literally stitching pennies, those don't exist anymore, loonies together uh, to make things, to hold things together. And so as much as we say we may provide a course on something or some capacity to do strategic planning or to think about innovation, so many of our frontline agencies are overwhelmed by the demand outstripping the supply. And so rightly, they're focused on the knock on the door, the text that's come in, or the email that I need food, I need crisis counseling. And until we make a fundamental shift here, my friend, we have got to make a fundamental shift that people are important, that we got to invest in the sector if we want it to be able to respond to people. We're always going to be 
the slim, stretched, charitable sector that comes out like this asking for help. And we're seeing it. Like, what's been fascinating about this, Peter, is all of a sudden, things that you and I dreamed about 10 years ago, how, we, how can we make affordable housing faster, cutting through bureaucracy? How might we innovate on modular housing? How might we have relationships or partnerships with faith communities on reallocating their space? All of a sudden, when COVID hit, bureaucracy, red tape, no, was thrown out the window because people had to innovate at a clip to, to solve issues. My worry is that we're going to go back to our bureaucratic, layered, slow thinking instead of accelerating the innovation that's happening now. Well, Community Innovation Hub could help some of those organizations. And uh, my associate and I wrote a book called The Give Back Economy. And that book shows people how to start or grow a social enterprise, whether it's a nonprofit or a charity. And so it's all about the marketing, et cetera, et cetera. So we have a team that can help those nonprofits and charities grow. But I want to turn to uh, another big question. Three years from now, three years from today, what's the United Way Greater Toronto going to look like? Are you going to be running the province of Ontario? Are you going to be adding more regions? What's it going to look like? That's a wonderful question. And, uh, you know, I would, I would say we're going to be uh, fiercely local because what we've learned through the pandemic is that we are who we are with and where we are with them. Place matters. And we've seen in neighborhoods like North Etobicoke, one of the GTA COVID hotspots, one of the GTA's lowest income neighborhoods, one of the GTA areas with the most number of precarious uh, people living or working in service or sales jobs, with highest number of chronic diseases and visits to ER, in a neighborhood like that. When you focus on capacity and the connective tissue of residents and agencies, we were able to distribute hundreds of thousands of food boxes in culturally sensitive way. We were able to, to hire and train local residents to do their own outreach and calls of how are you, how are you feeling? When the province was having trouble getting people to go to COVID testing sites, they came to the United Way cluster table and said, community, you help us. And so three to five years from now, I'd like to see a United Way that is even more place-based, bringing together local agencies, faith groups, and partners to solve issues 
not one agency at a time, but by neighborhoods. Because I do believe the future of the GTA, the future of Canada is local. It is based on civic engagement. And I'd like United Way to be a destination not only for philanthropy, but also for building civic engagement so that we are giving agency to residents, community groups, and businesses to get involved. So in Markham, we had an interesting gentleman who noticed that seniors were having trouble registering for the vaccine. So he started an organization and he's done 185 appointments for seniors. <laughs> so my question is, how quickly can United Way act where there's a, a problem that needs a solution? Only as quick as the speed of people and care. You know, I think, I think what we learned through this pandemic was that innovation happens at the margins. Innovation happens. Such a wonderful story, Peter, like of an individual who identifies a need and then says, we can solve that. We had a comparable in Toronto where a few individuals got together and they realized we need to help outreach to isolated seniors. So they recruited volunteers from U of T's med school, nursing, and dentist program. They created a platform that could translate into 180 languages. And then they just started outreaching to isolated seniors. And I have learned, and this has just magnified my belief, that people solve problems, period. Money helps sometimes. But real innovation is going to come with United Way not being at the center of it and deciding, but United Way investing in providing supports to grassroots innovation in community. Because that chap in Markham knew what the problem was, and he knew, I don't need an entire infrastructure to figure this out. Yeah. So this has been uh, very helpful for our listeners. Some great information. So how do people get a hold of your organization? They could uh, visit our website uh, just by typing in, of course, United Way Greater Toronto. Uh, visit our website. Uh, you can also give us a call because even though we're not physically in the office, we are returning our calls. And please, I mean, for groups, for individuals who want to contribute, whether it's to United Way in Greater Toronto or your own local United Way, from wherever you're listening to this, uh, just reach out. Thank you, Daniele. It's been a pleasure, and you're doing great work. And I love the fact that you pivoted and are still making a difference. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for your leadership, friend.